you know, even with the younger ones, I still think it's important for them to know and, and understand just how important it is for the freedoms that they have. And I think every generation we see less and less veterans or people who serve in the military just for the fact that you need less feet on the ground. So I've noticed that there's been less children who know veterans personally. So it's, you know, my goal after this to help them realize that veterans are real people who existed and they're not just something we celebrate haphazardly on Memorial Day, Veterans Day, 4th of July, all these holidays. My husband is a veteran uh, of the Navy, and so as soon as I saw this, I knew it was personal and meant a lot to me. Um, I also love history, and last year I taught third grade, and I taught them Florida history. So I just thought the combination of the two is just phenomenal, and it was very intriguing. Along that line, I think also it's great for kids to realize there are still veterans, you know, and might be in the homeless community, might be your grandparents, your neighbor down the street. And I always encourage my students who, uh, that if they ever see someone with a veteran's hat on, that they just say thank you. And they're just blown away by the idea of that, you know? And so I think it's important that they are aware that they're walking around amongst us and they're here. They're still alive. Veterans are not, not something of the past. By this point, you have learned the history of the setting that this institute took place in and have heard what it takes to dedicate an entire life of studying veterans and military history and then teaching it at the highest level the military itself. For this episode, let's rewind all the way back to the second grade level. Remember those days? This was the first sit-down conversation I recorded with any teacher at the Institute. To give context, by this point, the teachers were in day seven out of 10 of the Institute. They had gone through numerous workshop exercises, such as discovering historical research databases, digging into the primary sources, oral history 101, how living veterans help us tell the story of the dead, several tours and research rendezvous to the adjacent St. Augustine National Cemetery, and have listened to the two keynote speakers, of course, Dr. Venable included, last week's guest, to name a few of the exercises. When I spoke with Lisa Bostic, the first voice in the opening soundbites, a second grade teacher at Union Park Elementary, and Kristen Riley, the second voice in the opening, another second grade teacher, but at Clay Springs Elementary, they were currently in the middle of day seven's itinerary. They had experienced just enough to give some thought on the progress that they had made with their deliverables and how they plan on executing them for the coming school year. They also had takeaways from their general experiences so far at the Institute. Lisa and Kristen shared with us the benefits, but also the challenges of adapting veterans history to the second grade level. They also talked about their veteran, the first of many personal and emotional biography stories you will hear in this series. And I promise you, you won't find them anywhere else. Unless that's the UCF VOP website, which the link is in the description in all the episodes. All right, ready to go back to second grade? From the UCF Department of History and UCF's Veterans Legacy Program, I'm Sebastian Garcia, and this is episode three of the 2023 UCF VOP Institute podcast series. Even with the younger ones. 
Hello, everyone. This is Sebastian Garcia. And in this special edition of Knights History Cast live at the 2023 UCF VOP Institute is brought to you by UCF's Veterans Legacy Program, a partnership with the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs, VA, National Cemetery Administration, NCA. A special thanks to those agencies for the generous grant that made this significant, transformative and necessary institute possible. Also, a special thanks to the Florida National Guard for hosting the 2023 UCF VOP Institute. We are recording live on location at the headquarters of the Florida National Guard, which is in the historic St. Francis Barracks, one of the oldest military landmarks in North America, dating back to 1763 when the British used the Coquina building as military housing. There's no better way of having a history podcast in a historic building, so we're right on theme. This year's Institute is a 10-day workshop for K-12 teachers across the state of Florida to create VOP classroom projects for their students. By learning through the successful pedagogical model developed over the years by UCF faculty, graduate, and undergraduate students, these teachers will leave the Institute with the necessary approach and tools to expand veterans' history beyond the university campus and into the K-12 classroom. And I have the pleasure to talk with some of those teachers during my time here at the Institute. With me right now is Kristen Riley and Lisa Bostick. So before we start, can you please introduce yourself, what school you teach at, what grades or grades you teach, um, and so forth? Hi, I'm Kristen, and I work at Clay Springs Elementary in second grade. Hi, my name is Lisa Bostick. I am in tech. I t- also teach second grade at Union Park Elementary um, that's located near UCF. Nice. Mm-hmm. Thank you again for being interested in conversing with me on this special edition of Night's History Cast about your experiences and the significance of this institute. I genuinely appreciate it. And something I want to note before we begin, this is the first time K-12 teachers are being featured on this podcast. And I want to give a special shout out to you all as well, because I truly admire the work and dedication you put into the profession that truly shapes lives. I have several K-12 teachers back in my hometown that I'm still grateful to be close to and um, you know, their impact on my life has been invaluable. So I really appreciate it. All right. So the first question, just basic, what, what drew you into attending the 2023 UCF VOP Institute? What drew me is the uniqueness of the program and the focus that it's bringing to our veterans. Um, I come from a family that is full of veterans from the army to the Air Force, and I still have a few of my cousins that are also in the military. And so because of that, when um, I received the email, I was so interested and wanted to participate to see, you know, just how we could bring the focus to veterans and their, um, their sacrifice in helping our country. My husband is a veteran uh, of the Navy, and so as soon as I saw this I knew it was personal and meant a lot to me. Um, I also love history. And last year I taught third grade and I taught them Florida history. So I just thought the combination of the two is just phenomenal. And it was very intriguing. Yeah. And I also forgot to mention my husband is a veteran too. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, besides that personal element that you both share, why else are you interested in veterans history? I just think it's important, even in the primary grades, for students just to learn, you know, that our freedom is not something that's just given, it's something that was earned. And so I do feel that there should be, you know, that knowledge that they should have in order to just appreciate what 
you know, other countries may not be entitled to. And I think every generation we see less and less veterans or people who serve in the military just for the fact that you need less feet on the ground. So I've noticed that there's been less children who know veterans personally. So it's, you know, my goal after this to help them realize that veterans are real people who existed and they're not just something we celebrate haphazardly on Memorial Day, Veterans Day, 4th of July, all these holidays. Getting into the specifics of this event, talk to me a little bit about the deliverables you have been tasked with completing during this institute. So let's start with the the veterans bio. Who is the veteran you're working on? Um, Just share details about that person. I am working on John Carves, and he does, he's currently, of course, buried in St. Augustine, but I thought one unique aspect of his early life is that he was very active in high school, and uh, he also attended UCF at some point in time, and he left UCF to enroll in the Army as, wow. a, yeah, as a pilot. So, you know, just with that connection in itself, I thought that, you know, just like I said, that's something interesting that, you know, that I am now trying to figure out <laughs> as we speak. And so, you know, just those different defining characteristics, you know, about the person and their family life, and then, you know, those things I think are important. I am researching William Emanuel Carrington. He was raised in the Tampa area. He joined the Air Force for World War II, ended up dying in a plane crash in England. And currently, um, I've been hitting some brick walls with who he was married to, more information on his son, because he died the year after his son was born and his wife remarried. So I've definitely learned that it's very difficult researching people, especially, you know, women who have remarried, changed their names, maybe gone back to their maiden name. So it's uh, not as easy as I thought it would be. 100%. And so the other deliverable you are tasked with is the mini tour. Just walk me through, you know, what that entails, I'm I'm actually very curious because I don't really know what that entails. A veteran bio I have some familiarity with, mm-hmm. but the mini tour, yeah, what does that entail? Our mini tour is uh, focusing on the women of the war and their participation, of course, and and also the wives of the soldiers. And what we've been finding that's interesting, there's a lot of information, of course, on the soldiers and the men that's uh, the women that serve, but not so much on the wives, which I was like, that is something that is important as well, because as they, you know, also fought. In the war, the women also had a major role in taking care of the home. So we're doing the um, Second Seminole War. And so we're focusing on the obelisk and the three pyramids. And essentially, the pyramids are mass graves. And it was believed that there were about a thousand people who were buried there. But now it seems like it's only like a hundred and something people So it's been very interesting to learn about the obelisks and the pyramids because they're such a defining part of the cemetery. And walk me through the lesson plan. That's the final big deliverable you all are tasked with. How has this institute prepared you to create a lesson plan that you'll be applying to your classrooms? Just talk to us about that. 
my lesson plan is going to be an interactive timeline for African Americans that served in the war, Second World War. And so through this, the information that I've been given so far, I've been given a lot of like primary sources. And I know that can be somewhat daunting for you know for the younger ones but because what I've been given like internment cards those are some of the things that they a second grader or you know one in primary um, grades will be able to read and so in doing that I'll focus on three or four veterans and then within the classroom my instructions would be for that teacher of course to give background information and then once she has actually taught the students about the veterans, giving them a little bit of information about each one, outline as to you know how to do the project, and then once that's completed, within about a couple of weeks, because my project more than likely will involve some parental involvement at home, because what I'm looking for is to have the children do it in Canva. They can create their own account, and then that way, you know, the the resources will already be uploaded, and then they can just drag and pull and create their own timeline in that way. I'm doing an interactive notebook. We're still trying to figure out the logistics of it, but dealing with such heavy topics with young kids lends itself to being very careful in what you do. But an interactive notebook is a way for kids to physically interact with information. So I'm doing the Seminole Indians. And so like one page will be talking about the pattern of their clothing and what story that tells Um, We'll be talking about a little bit about the wars. We're going to talk about the different forts and the people those forts in Florida are named after. So we're trying to kind of get a little bit of everything during like the Seminole Wars period. Yeah, you mentioned something very interesting. I, I was wondering as I was preparing and planning these podcasts during this institute, I was wondering how you all will take such a a heavy subject matter, you know, very sensitive information, very sensitive themes, and apply it in the K through 12 setting without, you know, taking away any of the validity of the story, but, you know, kind of putting it rated G or rated PG, if you will. Uh And the answers you both gave seem like those are correct approaches to do so. And and I like the interactive element, too. I think that's the best way most people learn. So moving on. A benchmark of this institute is to continue to expand knowledge on veterans' history, but more importantly, you utilize the methodologies you have been learning in this institute into the classroom. So just talk to me a little bit about that experience of, you know, what what's something new that you've learned and that you just can't wait to apply in, you know, your class? I've learned how to research and I think I can apply it as a teacher to help my kids but I'm not sure my students would be able to being so young to like really look at those census records to look at the um, draft cards, uh-huh. stuff like that. But I think the best thing that has happened is that I now am able to research and I know where to start. I know the websites to go to. And um, so it's kind of been like trial by error this week and then having such knowledgeable people to help me over those plateaus has been 
and valuable. I agree. And, you know, learning how to research where to look, uh, learning how to actually read and look at some of those primary resources and all of the information that you can gather from an internment card or a draft mm-hmm. card, or even looking at the censuses that indicate that, you know, what their family dynamic was. So all of that in itself has helped prepare me, you know, to teach my, my students, you know, how to at least get started with that process. And of course, hopefully through the years that that will instill in them a desire mm-hmm. to learn more, you know, and do more independently. Yeah. One thing that was very interesting is, you know, I'm thinking back of my experiences in, you know, K through 12, going more back to like the elementary school years and the middle school years. And I don't remember ever getting taught veterans history or, or nonetheless, Florida history, to be honest with you. So when you said you're teaching, you taught Florida history to third graders. That's so cool. I wish I had that. Yeah. Didn't, I didn't receive any Florida history and I grew up in the state, yeah. <laughs> born and uh-huh. raised. So I just, I'm very fascinated that this work is being done here. Mm-hmm. You know, you mm-hmm. all are here participating and are going to apply it. And to that note, why do you think it's important? And I know you you briefly touched on it, Lisa, but why do you think it's important to teach this type of history at those levels? Again, I just think it's important for students to know the history of their state mm-hmm. and then, you know, know and to know that, you know, you have people that have laid the groundwork for you, you know, in order for you to be able to, you know, come to school and not worry about, you know, interference and having to do other things. But I just feel it's important for them to know that, know their history and all of the sacrifices that they may have had a relative, you know, down the line that they can relate to as well and say, you know what, you know, I, I appreciate what you've done, you know, even with the younger ones, I still think it's important for them to know and and understand just how important it is that the, for the freedoms that they have. I think, you know, being in Florida, you need to know Florida history. But I think also history is scary. History is very real. It's honest. And um, it's hard to teach. And I think when you're given the stepping stones to teach that hard stuff, it's beneficial to the kids. I think it takes teachers like us to say it's okay to teach real history. And obviously we can't get really graphic with the young ones. But, you know, Florida has a rough history too. And through Ancestry.com, I've learned that I am a native to Florida for the past hundred years. So to me, it's really important. And the more I meet people they're always surprised to hear that I was born in Florida. And apparently that doesn't happen very often. And so people are literally shocked to find out somebody living in Florida is born in Florida, much less, you know, by generations. So to me, it's really important that everybody knows Florida history because we're in Florida. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and even more, just like you said, because they need to know the history of their state. And, yeah. You know, they may find some other, you know, nice surprises along the way. But your history of having like a hundred years, yeah. you know, of your family, you know, being in the state, I think that's awesome. Yeah. So because you don't meet very many people because <laughs> I live here, but I'm not from here. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. No, I'm with you. I agree. I agree with you, Lisa. Yeah. No, Flora. Uh, I mean, it's it's a it's a joke. I've I've 
been doing these type of history podcasts and just meeting a lot of people in and around the state for about a year now and it's been a constant theme where it's like yeah native floridians it's like rare yeah it's like or it's like a rare yeah. pokemon or something yeah. like you don't and find I'm, them i'm really proud of my heritage i'm really proud of it and i'm learning what what i looked like a hundred years ago what my ancestors look like what and it's funny because i found out they've all been farmers and my mom is still in the agriculture business wow. so i think that's really funny <laughs> yeah. you know in a different entity we don't own our own farm or anything right. like that right. but, but yeah it's still in your family yeah. right exactly yeah, yeah. What are some other notable experiences you would like to share that, you know, you both have been here now for a couple of days at the Institute, whether it's something that you've learned in the Institute or, you know, outside the Institute, just what's, what are some things that you want to share with us, some experiences? I've been really enjoying the tours and information, Dr. Giroux, Dr. Mm-hmm. Gammon, you know, through their lectures. And, you know, when we toured the cemetery uh, last week, you know, of course, you know, when you just ride by and look, you just, you know, of course, you know, yeah, there are people that buried there, but you don't know their background. You don't know their history. You don't know, you know, what circumstances they are, you know, there. So I think learning that and hearing about that history has made me want to learn more myself, you know, just to explore and, you know, look at uh, some of the other topics that she's discussed. So the tours also with uh, Dr. Giroux, she is phenomenal. And the, the work she has put into the St. Augustine National Cemetery is phenomenal. She's gone to mark unnamed graves, which is a huge deal. And I don't even Mm -hmm. know where you start to do that. So it's so impressive. Um, And we got to hear her do a tour at the fort. So that was really cool, too. My final question for you both that I've been doing so great. Thank you, Um, Lisa. Thank you, Kristen. If there's one thing you could take away from this 10-day institute, what, what would that be? I think it's important to not forget about our veterans. And it can be so easily easy to do. A lot of them that have come back suffer from PTSD. And um, and then I know one of the other interns was saying that she works with the homeless and they're veterans. And I feel that it's important that we just don't forget about them and their stories need to be told. Along that line, I think also it's great for kids to realize there are still veterans, you know, mm-hmm. and might be in the homeless community, might be your grandparents, your neighbor down the street. And I always encourage my students who, uh, that if they ever see someone with a veteran's hat on, that they just say thank you. And they're just blown away by the idea of that, Mm -hmm. you know? And so I think it's important that they are aware that they're walking around amongst us and they're here. They're still alive. Veterans are not, not something of the past. 100%. And I love that, you know, you teaching them that when they see a veteran, they should say thank you. And I do the same thing. I say thank you for your service. And I know I've heard, I thought I heard someone say Mm -hmm. that this, that might be cliche, but I still feel that it needs to be said because it just, you know, if one veteran, you know, you never know what someone is going through. Mm -hmm. And just because someone says thank you, you know, it it could mean the world to them that they are still being seen. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. 100%. Well, thank you, Lisa Bostick. Thank you, Kristen Riley, for taking the time out of the busy day here at the 2023 UCF Veterans Legacy Program Institute. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Yes. 
on the next episode of the 2023 UCF VOP Institute podcast series. There are many places where kids don't understand what the sacrifices are of the veterans in their families, and that's what I wanted to be able to do more of. Yeah, I have a lot of veterans in my family too, and I'm not very connected with their stories. And I wish that I had asked questions sooner. Some of them are not around to to ask about. So I wanted to bring life to some veterans and kind of bring them back and be able to tell their story. And I feel like the kids need to see the human side of history. And so telling these stories is going to be an essential way for them to connect in that way. For our group, for our mini theme tour, we're doing uh, generational conflicts. So we're looking at a, a family, the Rake family. The earliest veteran that we're looking at uh, fought in the American Civil War on the Union side, came on down to Florida. And there are three other veterans in the family that we're also taking a look at across three total generations that fought not just him in the Civil War, but his son fought in World War I, and other members have fought in World War II and the Korean War. Uh, they've, they've fought in a lot of American wars. And I think it's kind of really interesting to see, like, did your family have an impact on why you enlisted in some way? Why? Um, how do their experiences differ across all those years? Because that's, that's a lot of years. I see that sometimes, even with my own family and, and extended family, sometimes younger kids are afraid to talk to people who have some age on them. Yes. And it's very sad because that's where the true history and stories are. And that's how they, like you said about generation to generation, that's so important and impactful. And I truly believe that if we do not look at our past, we will make sometimes the same mistakes that we have in our past. Mm -hmm. And in order to build a better future, we need to know our past. So it's kind of that, that that's the, the crux as far as that story is the starting point. And then just really talking about the life skills, the honesty, the integrity, the courage that not only the veteran has to show, but also the families who are waiting left behind and sometimes don't get to see them ever return. So that's where my focus is. That's something interesting just to add on to that. I, when I was first thinking about my DBQ project, I was thinking more of women veterans, and then my research team brought up, well, what about women that were back at home? And telling those stories of waiting and hoping, mm -hmm. and then perhaps you know their loved one not coming back. I think those stories have to be told. This episode was directed, produced, written, edited, and hosted by me, Sebastian Garcia, and featured Lisa Bostic and Kristen Riley. Executive producers are me, Sebastian Garcia, and Dr. Amelia Lines. The 2023 UCF VOP Institute podcast series is brought to you by the UCF Department of History and UCF's Veterans Legacy Program, a partnership with the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs National Cemetery Administration.